All righty, beautiful beings, what's good? <laughs> Today's convo, fear in the media. I imagine you are no stranger to witnessing this and seeing this and being emotionally triggered by the media, buying into all of the headlines, all of the things. We have a wonderful conversation for you today. And that's what it's about. It's all about fear in the media. Our guest is Tanya Connie, who is a PR specialist. She one of the costumes she wears, she goes by the soulful the soulful publicist. And she kills the PR game for soulful leaders that you've probably heard of. Her mission is expanding human consciousness through traditional media. And I really love this convo because it's a dialogue and exploration. The main theme is, of course, how fear is used in the media and how it's used to grab your attention and to sell to you. And But it's not all just like dark, dark, dark. It's at the end or towards the end. We really um, ask an approach of like suggesting a new approach which is heart-based service. And if you're a coach or anything in the teacher leader um, realm, which is most of us, because it's not just if you make a living off of it, if you're a parent, if you want to be an influence, a positive influence on the world in general, then we have a new outlook for you for selling things and to get attention and to market your products in a way. And Tanya is an insider, so she shares her unique perspective from what she's experienced. And this now is how I want to preface this convo as we go into it. That fear in the media isn't new. It's been around forever. Even before the current news format that we know, the powers that be have always controlled the narrative and what you know or what you don't know because they you only know what they want you to know. And it, it, it's a strategy. It's nothing more than a strategy. Like this isn't a far-fetched theory and it's not even a theory because it's been proven by many accounts that the government works with major media outlets on what they can or can't put out, whether it's for you know national security or many other things. So this isn't like some conspiracy theory. Like this is just normal. Like it's just normal. And because how I think of it is like think if you were a parent or you are a parent, you don't tell your kid everything. You only tell them some things that you think that they can handle or that you want them to know whether they're little or whether that's your own insecurity, right? There's so many different things and levels with that and nuance. And that doesn't mean you're a bad parent, but I tell you this so you know that it's quote unquote normal that people do this too. Like that normal people, everyday people do this too. It's a human thing to control and manipulate people. Um, so it's not far-fetched at all that powerful, rich, and government people who want more power and more money are going to do this. Um, and it's not just the government, like people invest money, like they invest and donate and give grants of millions of dollars to certain outlets, which in turn gives them more influence. And I think a good, like just one example, you can research your own research on your own, but a good example is with the Spanish flu, which is of course poignant to today, I guess, you know, this has been going on for a year, which is wild, the whole COVID pandemic thing. But in the Spanish flu, um, the news media, so you have to remember this is 1918, so 100 years ago, that they didn't actually report deaths as transparently as they should. So one could argue and put the perspective that it's almost flip-flopped, right? That um, they've like talked about death and fear and sickness so much this time, and then 100 years ago, they didn't transparently report the deaths because there was literally like death on the streets, like they were having 
like trucks or something go around picking up dead people off the street. So yeah, a hundred years ago, things are definitely different with technology and health and all the fun things. But why I bring this up is because it's, they didn't report it as transparently <clears throat> because the flu spread so quickly in war camps. That's where it got so bad. And so they didn't want the news to get out that, um, that this was spreading in war camps and they wanted people to be patriotic and they wanted people to support the war. So you have to think like, what is their agenda? What is their strategy? So you can say it's good. You can say it's bad, whatever you label it or feel about it. Regardless, it's happened and it's happening right now. Like that's just how humans work. So, and beyond even the dark side or the manipulation or control side, it's as simple as money. Bad news spreads faster than good news does. In the same way, humans prefer not to lose $100 instead of gaining $100. I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but there's been studies and research revealed that humans, we actually feel the loss of money is more impactful than gaining money. So I think it's six or seven to one. So it hurts like six or seven times worse to lose $100 than how good it feels to gain $100. That's just how the human psyche works. So crazy headlines, bad news increases the amount of people who are going to click the videos or articles and who are going to share them. So that means more ad revenue for the companies because the more eyeballs means more money. So they and these news companies, you have to remember it's a business. Like it's literally a business. They are making money. So they're going to do things to get your attention. So you watch, so you share, so they can say this. It's literally, it's just in the same way podcast sponsors pay for how many people are listening to or downloading your podcast. The same way when you provide data to other outlets, they're going to pay you for who's listening or watching your stuff. Like it's just how it works. Same thing with how many followers you have on Instagram. Same thing. So they want your attention and bad news gets your attention. And people are much easier to manipulate when they are in fear. So that is a preface. Now let's get into this bad boy. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. Tanya, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm fabulous. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I give you a quick intro in the intro. But as far as your human identity or any of those human costumes you wear, will you give just like a quick who you are? And or you don't even have to. You could just whatever you feel, call it to intro yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I don't, I don't always want to say that I'm the soulful publicist because mm. I'm so much more and I'm yes. actually coming to that realization. So I love the way that you presented that. Um, I'm Persian American mm. and I was born in LA and um, I am a woman of many talents. You know, I can sing opera. I can, Ooh. yeah, I know. <laughs> and I created a thing called cosmic opera cool. where it's, it's uh, cosmic channeling um, and mermaid voices and angelic sounds using opera. That's dope. Yeah, so I'm doing something uh, tonight Ooh. in clubhouse room. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah. So it's going to be really exciting. I love that. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll share more about that later. I, I dance. I love creations. I, I love sharing my voice with people, whether it's through talent or whether it's through the stand I take as a leader, um, a thought leader in the PR and media industry. And uh, yeah, I love connecting with people. I love human potential. I think the reason why I'm in this sphere of wellness and consciousness is because I've always been drawn to community and I've always been drawn to human potential and human performance and evolving together. So that's dope. I love I think that in intro. a nutshell. Yeah. And then, I mean, simply put, right, as far as like the current, I guess, costume or one of the business or one of the finite aspects yet infiniteless in infiniteless infiniteless <laughs> so without infinity so that would be with limits <laughs> but but uh like that just your pr specialist to like soulful centered heart centered like leaders is that the best way to put it yeah and i don't think i'm in a box anymore yep. because if you think about the people that I've worked with, it's it's holistic health, you know? Mm -hmm. Whether it's in social impact or it's in nutrition or it's in spirituality, it's all holistic health. So I think it encompasses all types of leaders in the space. Mm -hmm. You know, I got my first go at meditation because I was representing Emily Fletcher of Ziva Meditation. She taught me how cool. to do like, you know, the Vedic the cousin of TM. I did Vedic twice a day, 20 minutes. Yeah, what's, what's her book? I've read that book. Um, the most recent one. Her, or two her years book, ago. How, uh, oh my God, I don't remember the title. I didn't do her book, so I'm not that ashamed. But anyway, I don't know. I, I how remember. To, <laughs> like how to meditate more to stress less or something. Yeah, something like that. It was like that yeah. kind of a catchy title. Like yeah. Title. Is, this was like, this was about five years ago. Was it stress less, accomplish more? Was it that? Yes. Stress less, accomplish more. Mm -hmm. You can tell I haven't been meditating much because my brain <laughs> isn't actively working right mm -hmm. now. I just started meditating again. No joke. I'm like back in the chair because I've been feeling some stuff come up in my body. Mm -hmm. And instead of going to panic fear mode, cool. okay, what are the tools? Pull out the belt, you know? So yes. Got my Love tools. it. Well, no. Well, thank you so much for being here. And right before we were, we recorded, we were having a conversation and that led to you just saying, yeah, we use fear to, in advertising. And that's gonna, a broad theme. Of course, we're going to flow and do the things, but that's where we're guided to go. But that's how we're going to start. So, and I think we all, I don't want to say we all know this, but so take it wherever you want to take it. I'm just going to ask mm -hmm. like why or how, like let's ask how first actually, like how was fear used in advertising or any media marketing way? Yeah. I'm not a pro in advertising, but I see the, I see how fear and panic get invoked based on a certain narrative. So if there is, and it can be in anything, you know, yeah. maybe people, are afraid to age. So if you follow headlines and it's all about like the wording and verbiage and everyone's afraid of aging. So yes. what are the anti-aging things or how to age less? And so they just keep pushing that narrative 
And so then your brain gets programmed to thinking, I'm not doing enough to make myself look younger or to age less. It is really all in the wording and the language. And if I could study the science of how journalism write it, you know, I just picked their brain because I am fascinated by how some of these articles get positioned. And yeah, when it comes to beauty, when it comes to medical, um, I, there's great journalism out there, but I also find that they have to stay within a parameter of what they are considered conventional or normal. And one thing that I think is so fascinating, Ben, is that you can't talk about supplements and brands on TV. And did you ever consider maybe why we can't do that? Well, like supplements, like... Like you can't, if I was a, if I was a expert, if I was a naturopathic expert, I can't bring my, if I have a supplement brand, I can't bring my supplement brand unless it's, um, unless, you know, there's an endorsement or something with the, the outlet or the TV show. So even like, say I'm on Good Morning America, I can't say, I can't mention it even? No, you cannot mention your supplement brand. Whoa, that's why. No, you have to. You cannot promote your own health supplement brands because there's bigger money involved. And so it could go against big pharma. It could go against, you know, maybe they have an endorsement from, because I know with Dr. Oz or it was the doctors, yeah. no, it wasn't the doctors. They, they had a partnership with a brand already. So then you can't, you can't push your, your supplement sense. nutrition brand so you, you have to work your way around it. And that's why you have to share information and facts without actually saying, go buy my brand. You know, mm. I was working with um, Udo of Essential Oils. You know, he was the guy that created, um, I don't work with him regularly, but I was helping him with something and he created flaxseed oil. And the number one thing the producer said is, you know, he can't mention his products. And that's, that's just the world that we're in media. As much as there is freedom in sharing the information, there's, there's also, there's guidelines, there's parameters that they have to fall within because there's bigger money involved. And you don't want to go against the big guys, the big corporations, big pharma. You know, you could never go on a show and say this, you have to be so careful. You, like this cured ABC. You know, that word cured can create massive lawsuits and like the big guys will come after them. So there's so much caution when pitching these types of things when it falls along medical and healing and um, chronic illness. Interesting. Dang, I love that. So, (laughs) I mean, there's so much in that, in just that. So one of the things that stood out from that is, of course, we all know money right, is a motivator. And right, you mentioned how like fierce sells, right, of how you said, if you don't like advertising, marketing, media literally makes you feel like no matter what, you're still not doing enough. You're not enough. Ever and forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. And, but, and even going back to like what you can or can't pitch, like it's interesting because like the people, the network or whatever they're also in fear right because mm-hmm. they want to have their job they want to make sure their state of getting sponsors right. and at 
ad rev and all, and all those things. So it's just a big damn cycle of like everyone's in fear and it just keeps repeating, right? Of like, we need this, so we have to pitch it this way. Yeah, yeah. My, my job gets interesting because I do align, I don't want to discredit all the producers, but I do align with producers that see the bigger vision. Yeah. And they want to create impact and influence in humanity. But when you fall towards like medical and health, it just gets tricky because they ask a lot of questions. I remember there was this guy that I was working with. Um, he does the reconnection and he actually had patients. He was chiropractor turned energy mm, healer cool. and he did training seminars all over the world. And there was a story, a miraculous story of a kid that had, um, I believe it was tumors in his brains. And as soon as he went to the, he didn't even go to the seminar. Sorry. It was a distance healing that he did. And this was my first go at, you know, energy healing pitching. Mm. Um, and the, he went and got his labs back. He got his scans back from his doctors and his doctors couldn't believe it. But the distance healing that the, um, the healer did from the seminar because his mom asked him to, he went back and his uh, tumors shrunk, like they were shrinking. And the doctor was in shock. And I'm trying to build this story out. And they're like, we need the medical records. Like we need to, they need to see everything like from A to Z. And I, I was pulling left and right, trying to get this story out there. I mean, it was such a beautiful, miraculous story. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't get pushed through. Like I did everything I could. And the, they wanted to believe it from what I remember. They wanted to believe it. And they're like, where's the evidence, right? We mm. have to see this. How could someone prove this? Where, where are the records that show this? Where was he? And they wanted photos and they wanted to know his records. And then they wanted to see what he looked like. Like it was a whole thing. And you don't see that a lot. You don't see like, Oh, this healer put this person into remission. I mean, that'll <laughs> be the day. And I'm, I'm confident that we could get there, Yeah, but it might not be on the shows that you expect. Yeah, I agree with that. And you said something earlier about there is a lot of freedom of what you can put out, but there's still restrictions. And I think that's kind of the misleading thing is that mm -hmm. we think, oh, like social media, like we can put, we can put out all these things and like we have freedom. But I've been surprised how even, what's the word, just even hooked in like, even though we can say anything, we're still using social media in the same way. Yeah. Like meaning like even well-intentioned people are using fear to like, even like what we're talking about, like big advertising, like your body's not good enough, like anti-aging, all those things. Even if you take that, that's macro and we take it to a micro, even just like everyday coaches, you know, who maybe make, you know, hundred K a year. And it's still, we're still doing that same model though, mm. which is interesting, right? Because it's like, it works and, it, and it's not really anyone's fault, but what are your thoughts on that? Because I just realized that of, we think it's freedom and we have the choice, but we're actually still following that model just on a smaller scale. I think it's a, are you talking about the marketing model? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just even as a verbiage, right. Of like how we attract clients or how do like how like any PR, any attention, right. I hope this post blows up. Like 
because we're in a game of attention and how I get your attention is usually something fear-based or just like, I got to grab your attention in some way. Well, everything is leading us and pulling us in, you know, whether it's for a program or a, a seminar. And I even had a girl who had a phone call with me and she asked me, you know, if we repurpose videos and we create video content, you know, what, is this something that you would want to attract more sales? And I said, honestly, I'm not selling anything. Mm. I just want to grow my audience and create engagement. And I did have the thought of long-term, if I do create programs, then, then that's where the benefit of having an engaged audience will be or a trusted following. And I think about it that most people's intention of creating something is and to promote it is to buy people into their stuff i mean mm -hmm. i see it all over clubhouse i have to talk about clubhouse because it's <laughs> so active on it mm -hmm. and as much as there's value being given and as yep. much as uh, contribution yep. there's also this part of make sure to follow this person, make sure to follow mm -hmm. this person, make sure to send me a DM and write clubhouse. And what do you think is going to be sent back? You know, some kind of link to a program mm -hmm. or a PDF or, and I'm sure it's helping a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it's still transactional. Yep. You know, well, I will, I'll call out Shaman Dirk. The beautiful way that he's doing it is He's telling people about the healing temple, but he's not saying like slide into my DMs and let <laughs> me send you my healing temple PDF. He's like, you know, I'm doing the healing temple. If you want to come, great. But he's there showing up, doing his work, doing his insights, reading people's files and showing up for people individually. And there's, there's no, um, there's no transactional intention of or agenda your agenda i'm i'm trying to get you into this right he is contributing creating value and also creating community and that's what i think is maybe the miss in um clubhouse is the community aspect is that it's got to be inclusive you know mm. doesn't matter if you're a millionaire doesn't matter if you make 100k a year you, every, the inclusivity gets to really come alive in places like Clubhouse and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. Um, because the first, someone invited me to Clubhouse. The first thing I saw was like, or what was recommended to me was just like 10, 10 new ways to, or like of successful people to earn a million dollars or something like that. I was like, ugh, like that's not what I want to do. <laughs> It's just because it's more like, it's just trying to hook you, hook you, hook you. So yeah. speaking on like Shaman Durek is a you know, great example of, so what is the other view of that, right? Of, because it's literally, I've got to hook someone to get their attention, right? right? Like I've got to get their attention. So is, is there, and if there is like, what is that other view? Yo, beautiful people popping in real quick to tell you about the retreat that we have coming up. Yes, you heard right. We have a retreat, an in-person retreat coming up, and I'm so excited to gather with amazing humans in an amazing place, and it's happening in Sedona, Arizona. So if you feel called to remember your truth and become who you already are and stop the cycles of trauma, pain, despair, the stories, the behaviors that are just so conditioned 
So if you want a completely new way to look at your life and connect with just beautiful, beautiful people, go to my website, feeling-free.com. Go to the events page so you can um, join the wait list. And so you can come join us. So if this lights your heart up, if you just feel so just called, like you can't imagine not going, click the link in the show notes in the description or go to feeling-free.com. Go to the events page. And as always, all my offerings are on the website, whether it's mentorship, breakthrough sessions, there's freebies you can download on there. Whether you just want to know more about me, it's all on the website. Thank you so much for listening. And now, like I know you love this combo for real. This is rad. And now Tanya will answer the question about what is the other way? What is the other outlook instead of just trying to get attention by fear? So here we go. Enjoy the rest of this amazing combo. Um, I mean, I look at it as service. Mm. You know, I talk about I talk about um, heart work and heart based Ooh. service. Right. Working with Larea Gaston. She's a great example. She's like the modern day tr- uh, Mother Teresa meets Rihanna right? (laughs) She is a service based heart leader. She's showing us how to exercise that heart muscle. This is verbatim comes out of her book, love without reason. Um, the lost art of giving a fuck. So it's beautiful because I think in this day and age as the influencer world and the marketing world, we've lost our connection to heart-based service and that's truly just in serving it's almost like tithing without expecting anything in return and then the other um example that i think of is burning man you know when you are uh the gifting economy it's not a trade you can't sell anything or trade it's not a barter there's no money. It's not transactional. The gifting economy is I'm giving to you because I purely and genuinely want to give to you. And that is what I would love to see more of. And so working with Lorea, when she's at Skid Row and she's with her street family, she doesn't call them the homeless. That's also really degrading. Oh, the homeless, like they're separate than us. I get so passionate about this because I've just been around her and her frequency mm. and her team and her street family. And she also calls them, um, she calls them wildflowers, wildflowers. Mm. Well, we'll call them street family, just beautiful humans of our community that are seen as separate, right? They show up Monday, Wednesday, serving the most like exquisite organic based meals. Like some oh. of them eat better than us because she, her point is, would you eat that crap canned food that you guys donate <laughs> yeah. every Thanksgiving and holidays? Want. Yeah. And that's not really heart-based service. That's like, oh, I'm doing a good deed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the food that no longer fits in my pantry. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting way, way, way to put it. Yeah. So heart-based service, I think, is really is something that I would um, also touch on, and I've seen it from her. And I also see it from Shaman Dirk too, you know, he doesn't have to answer DMS and everyone's requests and questions and inquisitions and downloads. And mm-hmm. I need help with this. And, you know, what does this mean? And uh, I would love to connect. And he's just like opening his doors. And sometimes I'm like, dude, you're a little too available, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's heart based service. Mm. That's cool. I love that. And it's, yeah, I'll just let that one sink in because it is, 
Cause yeah, going back to like, how can I get people's attention? How can I sell them? How can I hook them? It's mm-hmm. coming from a need, necessity, fear, scarce place. And even if we think it's well-intentioned, it's um, still into that. And that's what I've noticed. I'm not sure if I mentioned, I might've mentioned this before we started recording, right? About how, how I even noticed, like when I, when I was working with clients at first, I would literally have, want to say, and I did say, like how bad, like, because of what I learned from like, this is how you sell a program, right? Of talk about the pain points, tell them how bad their life sucks. So there's no other option, but to work with you literally, but that's not hard. Like it's not black and white. It's definitely nuanced because I, I believe that I was helping them and that was just something I needed to do to make that happen. (laughs) But, but it wasn't, it was still like icky. It was awkward and it probably wasn't a full loving transaction like later it was but in that moment it it wasn't that it wasn't coming from a place of just like pure love and service it was coming from a place of you're broken and i and i and only i can Mm. save you wow yeah we see a lot of that and i get it that model works and i get that's (laughs) how so many people are 10xing their businesses and their their coaching clients i get that that (sighs) works and you know the invitation is how how can we infuse it more with heart based service unconditional giving and i know i have people that give freely too they give you know their ebooks or their mm-hmm. um programs to give them either a taste or they really do want to help people so i don't think it is black and white i agree but I, I know that that is the common model of getting people to sign up mm-hmm. <laughs> and hooking them. I mean, another way to look at it is when I was in transformational trainings, you know, you do learn the art of enrollment and enrollment is enrolling someone into a vision for their life where they, um, they experience themselves already at that at that place so you enroll them in that vision of having that love or that career or whatever it is that they're trying to get to and once they're moved and inspired by that then that's what creates the action of i'm going to do this program or i'm going to take this training on because now they're enrolled in the vision of who they could be and that's what that's what i learned and i feel like the art of enrollment is a very powerful thing that's used all the time. So it's not necessarily manipulation, but you create a, a vision or yeah, a vision or a picture of them to fit into and mm. they fall into that and they get excited about it. Yeah. And it's, and again, the fear comes back to though, like, how am I going to make money? Mm. Because this works for me, right? Like we get money or success or popularity or influence and it's been working this way. So why would I want to change that? Do you ever, like when you work with people, do you, or probably like, are they so sovereign and free and loving and that it's at the point of like, they just know that there isn't a way, like they know this way, like they're leading the way, right? They're not, they are the ones influencing or showing the way, guiding the way. So I'm curious, like with, with those types of leaders, like, is there still doubt or question and like, 
is this how we do business or is this how we show up? Doubt or question on how they show up? Yeah, like with the frequency, right, of like the service or the heart-centered aspect, the soulful way of things. Um, I don't think so. That's good. <laughs> like you're asking if they ask if they're not showing up in that way. Or like, no, do they question? Like, should we be doing things this other way instead of this more heart-based service-oriented oh. way? Like, I mean, you play, I think you play in both. You know, you, you need to make, you need to generate money in order for more things to get developed. So in order for us to generate revenue, we do have to look at the long term of, well, if we want to build out that center, how are we going to generate revenue now? So yes, give and be unconditional. But I think if you're looking at a long-term vision, you almost have to generate revenue and you start by doing the little programs, the coachings. And mm -hmm. so I would hope that the reason why you're generating revenue is not just to grow, but to implement and, and be innovative with your revenue to create something even bigger that gives back. So the giving back piece is so important because, okay, so my company's growing, I'm making X amount of dollars. And now how do I, how do I incubate that to give back to the community? Do I build a center? Do I bring on more scientists so that I can create um, more evidence-based research? Do I, you know, do I create a, a VR thing? Do I create a podcast? Do I create an app? Those, that should always be in the back of the mind is how can I generate revenue so I can give back? Right. Instead of just what you said before of like, this is how you 10 X. So just do it just to 10 X because that's what successful people do. Yeah. What if the tagline, this is very interesting. What if the tagline is like, I can show you how to 10 X your, your company and get more clients so that you can give back to the community. 10 times the amount. Oh my, 10 times the amount. So we're not in this self-serving society, which Loria also talks about in her book, is that we are, Americans are very self-serving. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't really consider, you know, the, the act of kindness and that type of frequency of like gratitude, that only happens on occasion, you know, like, and oh, do conditional. If, if I get conditional, if I get this, then I'll be grateful. It is conditional. And I feel like we do it in, um, moments of celebration or if there's like a holiday or someone leads you to do it, but it should be a muscle that's exercised daily. And I'm even thinking about it. You know, how can you show up and acknowledge people daily you know, whether it's like buying someone a coffee or, you know, just showing up and doing your part every day is what I've learned from Lorea. That's dope. And I like how we both had the same realization at the same time about how not just to like grow and get 10 times the amount, but give 10 times the amount. Yeah. I just noticed that. Um, I haven't seen that in anyone's promotional materials. <laughs> there you go. You can use That's it. That's <laughs> the conscious marketing. Where is the conscious marketing? <laughs> I love that. Like how have you have you witnessed people like intentionally use fear or maybe in your past like background PR experience? Like have you seen mm -hmm. people of like we need to do this to do this? Have you seen that in your background at all? 
I mean, I'll, I'll say this when, if there was like extraordinary people that I'm working with and we have an amazing pitch angle and we're like on board, what I find the journalists to do sometimes, not always, is they'll dumb it down and they'll make it more relatable so that it's acceptable mm -hmm. to the masses, right? And there's even some wording that happens in some articles we've done with Shaman Dirk. I mean, he's a perfect example, you know? I mean, when he went on Good Morning America, God bless her soul, but the anchor was unwilling to soul talk out loud because she admitted, she's like, you know, I was embarrassed. I didn't, I don't want to say it. Uh, so I'm going to do it at home. So the exercise is you soul talk out loud. So he commands and then you say it back and you're mm -hmm. speaking to your soul. And she, she just sat there silent again, God bless her soul. And she mm -hmm. said on air, she's like, I'm sorry. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to do it. Like I'm going to do it at home. And I'm like, wow. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be interesting if we could just soul talk on TV and not make it mean something? Like, is that a looking good conversation? Is that a, mm -hmm. I don't want to be too far on that side conversation? I don't know, but I've seen journalists get sessions. I've seen them write about it and they'll either make it like tongue in cheek or they'll make fun of a part of it Yep. and they'll they'll try to make it so that they're not so far on that side because they need to be in the middle, but there's still a bit of biasism because you can hear in their tone. And so, yeah, they make it tongue in cheek because I don't, I believe that they don't want to be seen as this person who's fully immersed in shamanism mm -hmm. or spirit hacking or, you know, connecting to your ancestors because that's, unfortunately, that's not fully, accepted as conventional thinking because uh, it's not it, there's yeah there's not a lot of talk about it unless you're in like a plant ceremony space that's where shamanism <laughs> that's yeah. where shamanism lives you know mm -hmm. but i'm i'm excited and hopeful because i've i've seen kind of like the popping of the you know the popping the seeds do you plant the seeds and then they blossom but <laughs> you can see the popcorn popping in different areas you're like oh huh. Oh, okay. You're curious about shamanism? Because when I, when I was with the New York Times journalist, like the article transformed and thank you spirit for guiding that because it came out at a very crucial time. But the initial interest was rise of shamanism. And I was like, wow, rise of shamanism. Where is this coming from? I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, yeah. there's they talk about moon. the thing is there's the trendy spirituality which is moon circles yeah. crystals and to be honest i call that surface spiritualism i love all that stuff don't get me wrong but it is it's surface spiritualism because it's it's like tied up in a nice bow you know like we could do our moon circles and goop accepts it and we can do our <laughs> crystals, you know, our sages and our Palo Santo. It's a, it's modern spirituality. Well, you know? because it, what, what it's turned to again, happy, it's a thing, but it's, it's just, and now that is relatable. So we're, we're having steps, but now yeah. even although, like you said, the modern, more accepted spirituality stuff. Yeah. It's cool. I enjoy it. However, that is also like distorted and like, 
and infiltrated. It's so distorted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what it reminds me of? Just reminds me of these like pristine moms who wanted to up their spirituality and they like gather in their like mansions. And I, I think I've seen this. That's why I'm pooling this. Oh, definitely. And they have their crystals <laughs> and their journals and good on you for doing your practice and your work. But as soon as we mention like shaking and throwing up and purging mm. and puking and convulsing, it's like all of a sudden now we're on another level. Mm. When it's not pretty. Yeah, when it's not pretty, it's not tied up in a nice bow. Uh, so yeah, so that's why I'm here because I, <laughs> I, we, we do both. We are like, this is what we do and we play in the matrix. And th- there's Ooh. a way to do okay. that. Okay. I love this. Keep going. So (laughs) yeah, just keep going because you said, right, like you can play in the matrix, which is, you know, this 3d reality slash hologram, whatever. And you can do it with deeper spirituality. So like, what does that look like? Cause really, if you can do that, I think that's a good lesson for anybody in their real life, right. Of how you can operate in reality and still be this extremely spiritual quote unquote weird person. Yeah, it's interesting because there's two sides of me. One side is like the puking shamanism purge part can get on TV, right? But that yeah. hasn't happened yet. You know, we there there's been like subsets of it, but it hasn't fully gotten there yet. And then there's the other part of me, and I've spoken to many people about this is it's undercover, right? Your spiritual gifts are undercover and mm-hmm. what you lead with is Oh, here's some emotional intelligence tools. Yep. Here's how to optimize human performance. And mental health. And, at, and then at the same time, you're channeling and guiding and getting transmissions, right? And actually a lot of people, potential clients come to me and said, I have these gifts, but I work with corporations, executives, mm-hmm. and they don't want to lead and this is, this is the struggle that I have just as like a personal being a that human. people don't want to <laughs> lead with this. Oh, I can speak to ETs or the I, unapologetic. Yeah. Like yeah, the unapologetic, the, unapologetic, the radical mm-hmm. part, the ethereal part. It's like, why, why are we um, training people to only lead with the part that's accepted because then we're not really breaking through barriers. So that's why Agreed. I love working with someone like Shaman Jurek because the first time I heard spirit hacking on TV and he had the host observe energy in their oh, hand dope. and he did his whole um, spirit hacking uh, of biospace technology. I was like, wow, <laughs> we, we, just, we just had a breakthrough moment because uh-huh. I don't remember the last time someone did this type of spiritual hacking on TV. And so as it started progressing and going deeper, I mean, he's really good at sounding, um, sounding very modern. For sure. Very modern. His language is very modern and he is so good at it. Like he also has mastered in his own way of how to relay this message, how to demystify spirituality. Cause also everybody has all these myths about what spirituality is like the love and light thing. That's got to go. There's darkness. Okay. Right. The love and light is not disregarding the darkness. And I, I don't know how many times I can say this, but hello, 
like the dark and light are here together. They coexist. We're not loving and lighting because we don't think the darkness loving is here. No, we see, we see, we see it very much so. But in order to get through the light, to get through the other side, you, you got to embrace face and be with the darkness. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I was actually reading, I'll send this to you later. Um, her name's Aurora. She has a long book. So she's a past life regressionist. Hmm. And so she just put out a book that's, um, she's also been on the podcast, but she, a long book of past life recorded past life regression, regressions. And so it's essentially taking us through just, I mean, we can't recount them all, obviously, like all the times and like that our world and other worlds have been through, Mm -hmm. but it's fascinating because darkness, yes, it's real. Um, Coming from a very religious background at first, I didn't want to believe in that, but now I'm back to that. But then it's Mm -hmm. also interesting how the part that I just read is about Lucifer so about how even this is it's interesting this is fascinating actually coming up at the right time how even religion use obviously use fear (laughs) but but even it's like it's a pr campaign which is fascinating actually right of because in this past life they were speaking if you want to believe this they were speaking to yeshua so jesus and he was he was saying how lucifer has been misconstrued so he was actually saying how he's not evil. He's holding yeah. the shadow. So meaning like in our world of polarity, the shadow exists, right? It's a dual, dual world, but he's actually one of the most, in, I, don't, I can't remember what he said, but you can just in, insert word for enlightened, but that's yeah. not the word they used because he would, without hesitation, he was willing to be completely misunderstood and hated by everyone. So he volunteered for that role. So because really wow. it's it's what you talked about of it's not just love and light. It's not Jesus only, God only. It's it is that the light and dark, the yin and yang, right? It's like they coincide, they're not different. And that's when you get into like non-dualism of mm-hmm. how it's not like, hey, you're evil, stop doing this thing. Yeah. It's bad. It's no, like it's and but that it's hard for our humanists to comprehend that. And so it's just yeah. that goes that coincides with even just going way back of how we've used <laughs> even just like PR and all those things to even so many different ways. It actually kind of makes my brain hurt of like probably how many how many ways we've been conditioned. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. And there's always a yes and. Yep. Yes, we've been conditioned and we've also been conditioned to show up as greater humans because the polarization has invoked people to look at where it is that we are not doing our part or where mm-hmm. the biggest gaps are. So I'm truly thankful for the polarizing conversations, mm-hmm. the polarizing stances, because how could we, how could we honestly have appreciation for the other side or not even the other side? Cause I hate the word other, but how can mm-hmm. we have appreciation for what shows up if we didn't have, um, a contrasting view or a contrasting stance on on the thing that is that we believe or that we perceive i mean there really mm-hmm. is no good or bad again that is an illusion that was created within the religious system 
to, you know, bring people to a place of holiness or, you know, make people feel bad to bring them. It's yes, it's all guided and intended to create some sort of action. Um, But again, polarization is necessary for evolution, I think. So (laughs) for now, but we're open to change. Um, (laughs) So when you say guided into some sort of action, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the terms good, bad, evil. I mean, these, these words carry so much meaning and Mm -hmm. weight. And I feel like these labels that people have subscribed to, especially over the past year has given people an opportunity to identify um, whether they're in the, you know, the holy category or the non-holy category. And then they come up with all of these myths and other labels attached to it. So an example is if someone is silent about a social cause or they're silent about a certain matter, then they're the bad guy because they're choosing silence versus choosing to stand. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not black and white. This isn't good or bad and it doesn't look one way speaking out about something is not the only way of being active in activism. There's so there's social change being created on many levels and it's not always going to look the way that, you know, you may see it. And that comes with acceptance, which we don't have a lot of. (laughs) Honestly, like we could go off on a huge thing. Right. But yeah, like how even all the isms, it doesn't matter what it is. Right of they began well-intentioned, but now it's just like, well, if you're not with me, you're against me. Like, nah, that's not true. And silence is not violence. Like it might be for someone. Yeah. Right. But it's not just like everybody who doesn't say anything, you are violent and like you are racist. No. Yeah. Right. And it's, but that's the thing, the whole, what I mentioned earlier about what I've learned about fear in the past year is it's not just a biological thing. It's literally an intentional um, manipulator from darkness, right? To mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to make these people think that they're doing something good, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's silence is violence sounds really good. So it, it does. It's a, it, sounds, it sounds really good. It's a great slogan. Boom, we got it. And then... I was a part of that. I felt really guilty. <laughs> mm. um, and later found out as like, well, no, that is literally like that is fear in itself, keeping people looped, more divided and, you know, more polarized. But again, even the polarization, like you said, is not bad because it's still creating breakthroughs in that way. It is. But it's a mind fuck because, mind it's, fuck. because it's like, how can we, it's hard, right? To understand like that nuance, but that's where we got to live is like in that in that nuance but a lot of people don't want to do that yeah yeah oh my god it's (laughs) (laughs) it it is this is it's such a can of worms in that arena of what you're voicing what you're standing for and who you're with and all of this and i 
feel like the stance that I took this past year, maybe I was more vocal in the beginning, but I saw that it was affecting my energy. And when you take stock of your energy, it, you have to ask yourself, where are you creating or what are you creating with the energy that you have left? Your energy tank is not limitless. You have so much to create and put things out and be innovative and contribute. So if my energy tank is, you know, diminishing and it's not in my full power source is not activated, then that doesn't feel good. So I stepped more as an observer and I stepped in when it was needed, when my voice was needed through the lens of what I knew to be true. And I didn't take strong stances on a lot of things because I do also work with someone who's like, I'm not with the red pill or the blue pill. It's the purple yeah. pill. Like, <laughs> hello. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, hello. I'm, I'm not, I'm not standing for the red pillars and I'm not standing for the blue pillars. You know, I'm, I'm standing for the purple pillars and it's fascinating to watch our human experience unfold in this past year on how both sides think they're right and both yeah. sides think that their voice and truth matters. I mean, that it's just, yeah, it's very interesting to be an observation of it all and know, okay, where can my role best serve all of this? What do mm -hmm. I need to continue to put out? Okay. We have more work to do in this area. So how can I, how can I work with leaders like Shaman Dirk? How can I work with leaders like Larea? How can I work with leaders like Doug Evans? So, yeah. Oh, I love that. How would you respond to that same question right now in this moment? Uh, which question? About like the, how can you, how can you best serve, right? Because I think that's where we get tricky, right? The red pill and blue pill is like, there's only two options. And even the purple pill is like, there's many shades of purple. So, right? <laughs> So pick your, right. It's not just, there's not a third option either. Right. So for like, I'm just curious with you is answering that question right now. Like how, just what is your, I guess, active service or where do you feel called right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the thing that keeps coming up for me is unification. Ooh. So not right? unification or unification unification i always say letters more pronounced than they actually are i don't know why i do that well, i was just making sure that it wasn't some like you were being trendy or like separating the words or something you, like that right it's unification but for some reason i believe it's unification but who knows because maybe I'm like, that's a new word i'm thinking of <laughs> unify and then i just made it unification <laughs> that's actually I can see how that's working in my brain real well. Conversations that are unifying. Um, I have, I have been taking stuff that I've said in past posts because they're so resonant to right now that I make these like quote blocks now on my Instagram oh. and they're pretty charging, you know, they're charged with words there. I think uh, the last one was about, what was the last one about? The, the one that I'm going to put out is about um, shaming and canceling mm -hmm. and how the, how the prescription for human evolution is not shaming and canceling. Yeah. So that's where I really want to be forthright is 
to not fall in line with the shaming and canceling and calling people out to the point where they're disempowered or shut down. I don't believe that's how we create change. And everyone else has their own opinion on that, but that's truly, yeah, that's not how I believe that we create change. Um, <laughs> But the what did yeah. I? What did yeah, I what's another one? I'm curious. Oh, okay. So, and then I've been talking a lot about um, how the mainstream world isn't always ready to hear these radical concepts of healing and transformation. Yeah. But the truth is, it's time. And mm. I'm, and I mentioned that it's time that we accept our gifts, we accept our connection to spirit, and accept our role in the ascension of our planet. Like I've said before, this isn't woo-woo magic. I don't subscribe to the word woo-woo. Uh, this is real, merging the 3D with the 5D, awakening the leaders, the visionaries, the innovators, and the peacemakers in all of us. Um, I love that. I agree. Yeah, it's, and I forget just because I'm like, this is my world, right? This is my reality. And so mm -hmm. I know there's multiple versions of reality, but as far as the one where like, I totally forget that there's, lots of people who are even if i said the word meditation would just be like what in the hell are you doing and you, and for us that's so like basic or like surface level right um yeah yeah that's so interesting like i forget but yeah that's i love that um what is your i'm curious like as you've accepted your own gifts what is your relationship with fear like do you have yeah, I'm just, what is your relationship with fear as you're ex embracing your own gifts and your own callings and putting these words like, you know, not shaming or canceling or like all these things where it could be like, don't say this because people not, might not like you. Right. Yeah, I've had to, I feel like I have monitored a lot of what I've been saying and putting out there. I mean, just from a very personal space it's I don't want to be in social media wars I think no. I had to go at it on Facebook for like that much time and I was like oh this is not this is I I don't have I don't have the resilience and the strength for this and mm. if that that's going to pull me away from other things I'm doing it's just not worth it so yep. because I've seen people literally I've seen people make this Facebook media war their full-time job calling people out on like masks, calling people out on COVID, calling people out on vaccines. Like they've made it their full-time job. Are you just saying they're literally making money off of it or they just spend way too much time? No, that, that's just, in my mind, I'm like, this is what's giving them purpose right now. Uh, okay, okay. This is, this is how, this is how they're choosing to spend their energy currency. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I see them popping up all the time. I mean, there, there was a few people that I'm like, are they just on Facebook all the time? So their, their energy currency is that, and that's how they choose to spend their time. And I even made a joke about how um, everyone turned in their day jobs to be um, journalists, reporters, and writers. That's true. And I said, <laughs> how great that everyone has decided to take on journalism. I said, I think I know a few outlets that are looking for writers and someone actually thought I was being serious. And they're like, oh, really? I would love, I would love a connection. I'm like, oh my God, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But yes, everyone has turned into their own set of reporter or journalist and they've taken to 
again, use their energy currency, value currency to do that. And I did not. I was very monitoring of what I said and how I said it, but I also had to honor who I was. So I was very honest about what what I'm doing and how I feel about things without making it so much of an opinion story or a narrative because I don't need to get into all that. Yeah, it's for some people, right? Some people's missions will be to have those conversations and they can do it, you know, in a sovereign place. But it sounds like you and definitely not me. Like I have no joy being in those conversations. Like I have no pleasure unless for whatever reason I'm called to that, but I choose to exit. Like just like that's not where I'm best utilized at all. <laughs> yeah. My response once um, on a post I had on Facebook, this was a long time ago at this point. I said, wow, thank you for sharing. Yeah. I didn't even go into it. I was like, thank you for sharing. And um, I, my girlfriend, um, uh, Rihanna, told me, she's like, it's your, what did she say? She said, it's your platform, your choice. So if someone is on their trolling or doing something that you don't like, you don't, you could choose what you want to do with it. And that's, yeah. and I question how people who've decided to take such a strong stance during this pandemic, how they have the mental, physical, and spiritual energy to deal with some of the backlash, the commenting, the canceling, the shaming. Like yeah. I really, where are they getting all of that energy source and how are they cleaning <laughs> all of that aggression cleaning. that's coming towards them every single day? I think about that. Yeah. I mean, what I assume is it's just got to be their mission, you know? Yeah. Like that's what they're called to do. And totally. I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> it's definitely not my mission and I'm not mm -hmm. here to call out anyone. I like to shed light on things that are going on and I've shared both of what media is and the great parts of me working in media too, because it is a, it can be a very dark place and mm. it has some light, right? So it's mm. the perfect example. Like the hard news is much harder to get through, but when you get to the talk show levels, the morning shows, you know, those are places you can infiltrate. And one day we will get to CNN. I mean, <laughs> You know, Sanjay Gupta does talk about wellness things, but I envision like a shaman Durek or someone to go on there and talk about the coping tools or the human potential tools of what people need during the pandemic. I love that. As we, as we get close to ending, maybe that's, so I would love to hear the yin and yang of that, of the dark and the light sides of media of what, what you've seen and experienced. Sure. Um, if you feel called. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm think I'm thinking, um, so what's great about media is I actually use this as a riddle. Um, media can either make you or break you. And, um, it's one of the fastest tools to be used for that and for it to make you, you can spread positivity almost instantaneously. And I'm not just talking about traditional media, I'm talking about social media, 
um, any platform. You can mm. spread positivity instantaneously, and that's what's so great about media. And then the darker, not so prettier sides of it is that you don't always have the free way of saying everything that is that you want to. And you do have to monitor language and what you say on TV because um, there are much bigger corporations involved and there's guidelines. There's guidelines for TV and there's guidelines for uh, reporting in journalism. And even if someone has completely different views than the publication and they want to have um, free speech on their opinions, they cannot. They have to stay within the what the um, the angle that the publication is going. You know, it can't be so polar, so contrasting, where you know the publication looks like a crazy person. So, does free speech really exist? On some level, it does. Yes, it does. Do you? Do you? I imagine you do. How differently do you? Do you? I'm interested, actually for you, like, do you consume news or media? And then how do you interact with it? Well, I'm on Apple news and I kind of have to see what's going on. And I, I don't know what's going on with COVID. I really don't. Um, When people told me about the numbers or there's like a new thing with Mexico, I was like, wait, what, when did they say that? And so I let other people tell me, but for the most part, yeah, I like to know what's going on with talk shows. I I'd like to know what's going on with people in media. So, you know, if something came out about the producers, like it's very important to know that Ellen had all those allegations because may, that's not maybe the show that you want to be pitching anymore. About how, about how she was mean to, or like whatever. And yeah, as things start coming out uh, about, you know, certain people within the media matrix, you got to pay attention to that. Like, do you want to align with those people? Do you want to put your clients mm. in that space i mean i'm sure, sure her show does well but still you you have to stay on top of all of those types of news not just what they're reporting but what's happening within the media Ooh, which totally makes sense but that's why i wanted to ask you about that is kind of how you're talking about how you know people doing their thing and being willing to be called out and harassed and all those things but you're still doing like your mission is carrying that out in a different way because for me, I wouldn't want to do like what you're doing, right? Like I have, mm-hmm. I don't feel called to that of like keeping up with those things. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to point out, it's really cool of, for you. I can tell like you enjoy it. Like you love it. Like it's your calling. It lights you up. So it's really yeah. cool to see that in a unique way. Um, and how you choose to like interact, interact with it differently. Is there, the average person, would you have any like words of wisdom of just even consuming media? Just like know that this isn't because we take it for face value. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Reporting is an, there's a formula. I'm not going to call it an agenda because (laughs) everyone uses that that word, but there's a formula for reporting 100% and how it's presented and we just have to accept that we wouldn't know what's going on, you know, in other states or other places if we don't have those people on the ground 
we would all literally have to be going to those places and seeing it for ourselves. But that's what the power in, um, what's it called? Uh, owned media. You know, if you put a video up on your social media, that probably has more validity than, you know, the angle that they took when their reporters were there. I would say, listen to both. I'm not here to judge how they're reporting. It's just to have that awareness and know that when you're consuming, be mindful of your consuming because conscious consumption is a thing that I've talked about on my Instagram and uh, follow, follow people that you feel like are in alignment with, you know, how you live your life or how they live their life. And I did have someone share with me that they don't just identify with being a journalist. They said that their job is a journalist, but that's not who they are in the world. So it's not fair for me to also put these uh, people in journalism as that that's who they are in the world which can be, honestly, if that was me, that's a very hard place to be. If I had to report a certain way, but I lived my life a different way, that's that's very hard position to take. So in that sense, I have um, empathy for them. That's cool. I love that, that aspect, because it goes back to even the very beginning of the podcast, right? Of you're not just this one thing, no. right? Yeah, I love that. What else? What else is in your heart, in your heart-centered area, in your, in, your, in, in, your heart, in your heart zone? What do you feel called to share? Um, I, I think that the trust in media has really changed. I mean, there's actual reports and decision. Uh, I don't remember the percentage, but the trust definitely, it's like ebbs and flows. You know, some people really trust media and then some people are like, this is BS. What are they doing? This is fake news. It's not fake news. I mean, the news that they're reporting is real, but there's a way that they're reporting that may be um, misrepresenting, mm-hmm. right? And you just have to be aware of that, but don't think that all media is bad because I started catching myself when I, when we generalize and we create a whole system, like all media is bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then how, how do we report, you know, like where, how are we going to know about this? How do we spread information? Yeah. How do we get the mom and uh, pop shop that just popped up in um, downtown LA and is now serving organic based meals? That's the bodega. But you know, like how would we know that? it's that's the that's the art and the beauty in reporting is that it's giving us both and be sovereign in when you're reading and when you're hearing these things and i will do my best to put out the transformational enlightening stuff and sometimes it might get twisted and but that's not in my control and i'm not here Mm. to convince people either so boom damn that was well said (laughs) cleaning the (laughs) drop (laughs) Dropping the mic. This was like, I felt so charged in this conversation. It was just like, because all these new realizations come through too, as you start pulling things out in me. Yeah. It's a cool place to be. Well, good. Yeah. Especially that, that very end. Cause basically what you said, right. Is like be neutral or sovereign. Don't like discredit either. And it goes back to even the heart thing of like, is this true? Or like, does this resonate with you? does it feel applicable? You know, like we all have that inner knowing and guidance 
and it's not all bad. It's not all good. And it's going to have partial truths. It's going to be falsified. Um, so yeah, just like using like just what you said, you just basically said like you are a powerful being and trust that. Wow. Nice. 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 <laughs> nice reflection. <laughs> nice reflection. Well, cause you mentioned social media. So where can people follow, connect with you in a heart centered way and all the other things, where can people find you? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is a great place to find me. Soulful underscore publicist. I don't have a website. Um, I'm also very active on clubhouse where I'm doing all kinds of fun things. I did a room called love Island, but with conscious singles, I'm doing a cosmic opera activation room tonight. So I'm just playing and feeling out the vibe in clubhouse. So that's a great place to connect too. Since Love Island, so just conscious singles. Uh, what oh, the- Love Island, but with conscious singles. Uh, okay, okay. Because Love Island's a show. Love Island is a reality show, okay. and me and my uh, co-creator Ross, we decided to take dating and relationships and give it a twist with some authentic, relating, deep conversations and vulnerable shares. And Ooh. if you come into that room. Oh, that room was fire. <laughs> and then we got the taste of the opera. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, cool. that's cool. So people are just like sharing, like do you, cause I haven't done clubhouse yet. So can anyone talk or is it just you and Ross speaking? So we created a, a panel on, there was just three moderators and the okay. speakers was the panel of men that were selected or they volunteered to answer questions to go out on a date with me i was on the hot seat which Uh was not supposed to be but i was on the hot seat Uh and it ended up being this um extremely expansive opening conversation where they got to really feel my heart and they got to share their reflections of me because my friend ross is amazing at these invoking questions of you know, what was the pattern that you learned from your last relationship? And then he had them share their reflection of me, but say it in the way of my projection of you is. Ooh, and oh my God, the way they said it, Ben, my heart was like, <laughs> yes, oh, service and just honoring. And it was so beautiful to, to see the masculine and feminine at oh. play that way. And then I got to share my experience of them. And that was something new that we did that I haven't seen in any of the dating relationship rooms. I love that. That's fun. And that goes into even, right. Cause like the fear of media sounds so, <laughs> sounds so serious, like for this conversation. So I love like ending it like, like the fun of that, right. Like the goodness of that, of, and flipping it and choosing again, like you're choosing to, to use it how you want it to be used instead of just like, Oh my God, why is all this so bad? It's like, now, like I'm going to do what I enjoy and what I love and like do my part. That sounds really? fun. And just a side note of, I like how they were saying my projection of you is because that's truth. Cause that's what anything is anyway. <laughs> that was all Ross. So if Ross hears this, shout out to my friend Ross. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Ross. I love it. Well, Tanya, thank you. Any other words or feelings before we depart? No, I'm complete. Ooh, I like it. There we go. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for 
just being you like and sharing your heart. And that's the, the best thing is just you being you and showing up as you. Um, so for real, like, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Mm, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. All right, beautiful humans, you know what to do. If you haven't subscribed and followed already, make sure you do that on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you do that on Spotify. Please rate and review. If you are listening on Apple, make sure you rate and review because it helps the show get seen by other amazing humans who are awakening and searching and just who need a little reminder of how amazing they are. So knowing, so they can remember that it's all within them, that they already have the tools, that they already have the answers. And if you want to connect with Tanya, I know you do. So go check out her information in the show notes in the description. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are all amazing spending your time with us. Thank you so much. And until next time, my friends, stay dope.